welcome to Nitty Gritty Reviews, the movie review podcast that uses a unique grid rating system to discuss a movie's weaknesses and celebrate its strengths. I'm Rachel, and I have with me here as my co-host today, my sister Jessie, and Em. So today we're going to be celebrating the 15th anniversary of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, directed by Michelle Gondry, written by Charlie Kaufman, and starring Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet. So this is going to be a deep dive nitty gritty review, which means we'll be going through the grid rating system to analyze this movie and talk about what works and maybe what doesn't. If you're interested in learning more about the grid rating system, you can head on over to grittyfilms.com slash the grid. And that's gritty films, of course, spelled G-R-I-D-D-Y. Uh, all right. So now that all of that housekeeping is out of the way, uh, what I usually like to do is talk about our... Uh, expectations or experiences with this movie all that fun stuff um so i I don't know who wants to go first or i can go first you go first okay i'll go first (laughs) so it says definitely a movie that i saw in theaters i think with you jesse but that might not be accurate yeah and i definitely remember loving it right off the bat and i feel like this was one of the first movies that i saw where I was like, oh, this is a different way of doing movies. This is different than anything I've seen before. So I feel like it kind of shaped my taste in movies for a long time and and changed my expectations as far as what kind of stories can be told. Uh, For me, this was, you know, really one of the first movies that did that. So, um, yeah, I have a lot of very fond associations, and I'll I'll definitely get more into that throughout the grid. And uh, I'm really excited to talk about it. That's, that's me. I'll go next because mine is extremely similar to yours. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't remember if we saw it together or not, but I just I definitely remember seeing this movie when it was new, looking forward to it coming out, um, being a big fan of Charlie Kaufman's movies around this time, and it also being like a taste-making movie for me where I like... This was a movie, a good go-to movie where you'd be like, this is one of my favorite movies because it kind of yeah. like defined who you were and what your taste was. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, I like the way this like describes me and what I'm into. Um, and I saw it a bunch of times, but I hadn't seen it in a really long time before reviewing it for this. To the extent that I, I didn't realize how much I had forgotten. Um, I didn't remember the vast majority of like, key plot points so it was kind of like seeing it the first time because I really just remembered like the gist of it which is about what you get from like a trailer so it was kind of like <laughs> watching it the first time again so it was nice and all right again all right good deal nice I definitely remember watching it with you Rachel for the first time oh yeah I don't know where or when or how <laughs> but I know this because right after it, we ended up watching a bunch of his, Michelle Gondry's music videos he did for Bjork. Yes, I definitely remember that. Which was an experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so compared to those music videos, this seemed very normal. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. But yeah, like, I remember only watching it five or six times before now, because it's just so much fun to get lost in that world, and yeah... I was excited. I was terrified to review it. <laughs> so I'm like, I know I love this movie. Am I too close to it, though? Yeah, I'm kind of feeling the same. I'm like, okay, am I going to be able to take a step back? We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, on, on all of those good notes, then should we dive on into the grid? Let's do it. 
All right, so the first category of the grid is going to be writing, plot, and genre. Um, so I guess um, I guess the best way to start this off is with the usual question of uh, does anybody have any outliers, either a category that got uh, much higher than anything else or much lower than anything else? I, I do have one that stands out. Okay. So mine is character outer goals because okay. I felt like... I could have used a little bit more backstory on the characters. Okay. It's really one of the only criticisms that I have of the entire movie, so I don't mean to start on a low note. <laughs> it's just, it is something that stood out to me where I'm kind of like, where are these people coming from? Because they kind of like, I mean, they definitely had some trouble with relationships, and they definitely seemed a little bit like... Both of them seemed a little bit immature in different ways. Absolutely. And I was just kind of like wondering where they were coming from and like where that was coming from and like kind of what their stories were. I don't know how much it really hurt the story, but I just kind of found myself being like, like what's really going on with these guys? I don't know. That's fair. I don't disagree with anything you just said. Um, but I think for me at least... How do I want to phrase this? <laughs> I, th I think for me, the outer goals don't really matter that much. Like it, like they're just. It is a question of how much does that really matter. To yeah, the story. and yeah. and normally I would argue that it's it subjective. does matter, but I think like these are just two flawed people, and they're gonna have the relationships they're gonna have, and they're gonna keep having that. Like it's a cyclical thing of like. Yeah. Like, it doesn't really matter what memories you have or what's happened to you. Or, like, it doesn't matter what happened before. It doesn't matter what happened after. Like, this is where they're at. This is how they fall in love. So, like, why they're immature and why they're... I don't know. I don't, I don't know that it matters. Yeah. That's valid. That makes sense. There is something I, I, I kind of want to wonder aloud about the characters. Is, um... Does Clementine's character seem a little bit too like manic pixie dream girl that's a I good felt myself going back and forth about it throughout the movie when she first showed up i was like maybe this isn't aging that well and like i was like i don't know how i feel about her as a character but then as it went on i was kind of like well she sort of addresses it herself that's what i was gonna say yeah where she's like you know like People just want me because they're, they think that I am, I forget how she puts it, but it's like, I, like. I'm not a concept, I think is something she yes. says. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and so she thinks that, like, people are just interested in her so that they, that she's, like, fulfilling something for them because, like, they think that she's going to make them more interesting or something. I, yeah. That's not what she said, but I think that's kind of, like, what she was getting at. For sure. And so she's kind of, like, addressing that herself. But yeah. then I also found myself wondering what was up with her, like, being so, like, she she repeatedly made, like, really impulsive decisions that I didn't really feel like I really understood why she was making such impulsive decisions. So that kind of felt more like it was falling back on that kind of stereotype. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I found myself going back and forth. I don't know that, I don't know that I'm, like, sold on, like, her being a stereotype or versus, like them expanding on a stereotype and, like, making her more developed. I'm not really sure where I land on that. I mean, I kind of think it's in intentionally vague because we are seeing it through Joel's perspective and most of the scenes we see her in 
aren't even actually her. It's his memories Maybe of her. Maybe it's more about him anyway. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. That's interesting. almost everything we see of her is not In just his through his memories. perspective, but through his memories. Yeah. That's interesting. So maybe the real Clementine would actually be more developed than what we saw since we were just seeing his version of, of her, maybe? Maybe. Because, yeah, we really only see her when they first meet. One of the yeah. couple of times they first meet. You yeah. know, like, we see the first impression. Yeah. And that's the only real version of her we see. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think it's something we can answer. It's just a question I had. <laughs> it's a discussion. I don't know. What do you guys have? Uh, <laughs> I don't want to hog the conversation. Well, I, I don't have any outliers. I'll say that off the top. I gave very high scores throughout. I generally gave very high scores, too. I just was a little bit more critical of character goals. Because I fair. felt like I wasn't totally clear on what their goals were. That's fair. Yeah, I couldn't tell if I liked that or if I felt it off-putting. It's, yeah, because it's kind of a little bit of both. Because this kind of bleeds over into the next category also because eventually we'll get to um, character inner needs. And yeah. so, like, that kind of, like, you have this balance between inner needs and our goals. And I kind of think part of the message of the movie might be um, that everybody has the same inner needs of like wanting to be loved and understood by somebody. And so like, maybe that's kind of part of what it's getting at is that like everybody needs this. So like the outer goals don't matter so much. And maybe like, like we were saying, like their backgrounds don't really matter so much. Cause like they're trying to get more like what they have in common versus what's different about them. They're not as interested in. So like, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot to talk about that's, like, really vague, so I'm just, like, blabbing. <laughs> well, here's a question I'll throw out, just because okay. I think it's interesting. Yeah, go. Um, as far as, like, genre cliches, tropes, and twists go, like, what genre would you even... Because like, I often hear it categorized as a romantic comedy. It has elements of that, it has but elements. it's also a little bit, like, sci-fi. Sci-fi. Which I really, really like this particular style of sci-fi, where yeah. it's, like, not a traditional sci-fi, and it's, like, using the sci-fi in, like, a metaphoric way without go without completely avoiding fantasy elements, where it's almost magical realism. Sure. Which I love. Yeah. Like, but with sci-fi instead of fantasy. Exactly. Yeah. And I really, really like that. Yeah. They're just like, they're just kind of like, this is real in the story. Just go with it, guys. And I think that kind of has a magical realism sort of vibe to it, which I really enjoy. Yeah. I don't know that that's a genre, but it's like, I don't know, a stylistic thing that they use. But I do think it's a blend of sci-fi and romance. Yeah, um, somewhere in there. Fair yeah. enough. The entire time I kept being like, it's kind of like this movie, it's kind of like this movie, but it's Yeah, not it's really... like a little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just curious. I don't really have anything to add to that. Like, I was just wondering. <laughs> what genre do you think it is? I guess sci-fi. Yeah. I think the comedy is what, because like, obviously it's a romance, and then it has these sci-fi elements, but the romantic comedy label... 
Like, it has its funny moments, but... It's kind of just a drama. It's just that it's so, like, not standard that, like... Because, like, anytime you have these, like, romantic elements, we're like, oh, it's a romantic comedy. Or anytime it's, like, sci-fi, you're like, oh, it's sci-fi. And, like, we seem to have this need to, like, characterize it as these things. Whereas, yeah. like, if it's just a drama, we're like, okay, like, we're not trying to, like, jam in these categories. But I really think it is just a... It's a drama that has a little bit of romance and just a touch of sci-fi in it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And you've been quiet over there. Do you have any anything oh, to add? I've... I've just gotten lost in the conversation. <laughs> yes, this is fun to listen to. <laughs> I'm glad you're enjoying it, because I'm like, I'm talking so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, these were, like, things that I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. I want to circle back to that. And, <laughs> uh, oh, goodness. Yeah, again, like, I don't have any, like, outliers, like you, but also <laughs> the Outer Goals was my lowest in that category, mm -hmm. because it was just... Like at the very end or toward the end, they mention Naomi, and it's like they that's mention kind of her a detail. couple times, and it's like more please, like I, I yeah, that's true. It was definitely a deliberate choice that they made. Like they wouldn't have brought her up if they weren't like you know being very intentional about like that. Like this is all we're gonna mention. This is all we're giving you. But I just felt like I don't know. I just felt like I really did think knowing more about what had happened would add to understanding Joel better you know that's fair and I did I didn't really feel like bit. I understood him as a character and like how old is he what what does he find so interesting about Clementine because she doesn't really seem like she would be his type yeah you know and they're kind of pushing the like opposites attract thing but I'm kind of like well like what is going on they don't here really seem like opposite though you don't think I mean, they express things in different ways, but they seem like they're both... They kind of feel like opposite side of the tracks, so... though. I guess. I mean, he's the, the more quiet, reserved type, and she's more the outgoing, spontaneous type. But it seems like their needs and their... I don't know, their... Well, I think that's what they're trying to show us, is that, like, like everybody needs to be... Like I said, like, everybody needs to be like loved and understood and so like if they just feel loved and understood by each other well then I guess this works but like why did he feel loved and understood by her but not necessarily by like whoever this Naomi person is yeah or maybe somebody who's a little more like from his back like they specifically mention that like he's like she's not educated you know and he's like frustrated by that sometimes and it just yeah. makes it seem like they're maybe from like different like economic classes or like educational backgrounds I was a little bit unclear on their age difference because he felt a lot older than her mm -hmm. to me but I wasn't really sure mm -hmm. if they were supposed to be or if that was just how it felt so I don't know and that's just like an example of like maybe a little bit more information would have been helpful so I could have like aged the character or like figured out like what was going on there I don't know I just didn't get him yeah what was his okay. job I don't think she worked at the bookstore. Right. We don't know anything about his job. Yeah, some sort of office job. I mean, he like. rode the train. That's all we know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, did he feel fulfilled by his job? Had he worked hard to get to his job? Did he feel drained by his job? You know, and like, did he end things with Naomi? Did she end things with him? Like, we don't know any of this stuff. I don't think we need like a whole like 
gigantic background story, but just like a couple little extra details, I think would have been a little more helpful in like understanding his character and like what kind of got him into this situation in the first place. I don't really That's understand fair. how I got there. That's fair. All right, well, I guess we should probably move on yeah. to the. We've already talked quite a bit about characters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a big part of this movie, though. Yeah, for sure. Was <laughs> uh, well, there anything before we do move on? Anything either of you want to add about writing plot and genre? No, I don't think so. I'm good. Yeah. All right. Uh, what was everybody's final scores then? Mine came out to an 8.4. Okay. I had an even 8. Wow, I went way higher. Uh, <laughs> 9.7 for me. Almost perfect. All right, so then that's going to bring us to writing characters, uh, which we've already, like I said, dipped our toe into a yeah. little bit. Um, I will say one of the lower scores that I had uh, was character likability, which was largely for uh, pretty much all the stuff that we already mentioned. Specifically, I was thinking more about the character of Clementine more so than Joel, although now... Jesse, after everything you were saying, I'm kind of like, yeah, did I yeah. even like Joel as a character? It's kind of both of them, right? Like, with her, you're like, why is she acting so impulsive? It's just frustrating because you don't understand where she's coming from. Yeah. And then with him, you're like, what's his deal? Like, why is he into this girl? Is he creepy? Is he lonely? Is he just, like, genuinely head over heels in love with her? And it's like, okay? Like, I don't feel like we have enough information <laughs> to evaluate that. Yeah, that's fair. I actually gave character likability a high score, though, because I don't know, that stuff didn't make me dislike them. I just felt like, like, this movie gave me, like, really romantic vibes, and, like, when you see the moments yeah. of them, like, having a good memory, and it just, like, makes you feel so good, I'm just like, I like them, and I want <laughs> them to be happy, do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, don't, I don't know, it gave me a warm, fuzzy feeling for them, even though I was maybe frustrated by a lot of their choices. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I definitely felt that too, and it wasn't them fighting. Yeah. And it was just kind of silly moments together. I'm yeah. Like, oh, you were a fun couple. You actually had some good times. They made us watch a lot of their bad times before we got to their good times, <laughs> oh, yeah. too. Yeah. So I, I was finding myself like, why are they even together? And then you would finally get to see the good stuff, and you're like, oh, they're so cute together. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like my lowest category, but it was still fairly reasonable. Like it was like a six. Okay. Which isn't super low, but I think that's one of the, either the lowest or one of the lowest. And it was like, for that, it was just like, I don't, I like what they're doing with these characters, I think, but I definitely don't want to be around them much longer than yeah. exactly. necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the, the staff, the, the Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. And, yeah. and actually a lot of these categories kind of like, I found myself kind of averaging out kind of like high scores for certain characters and low scores for other characters. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Because like um, character arcs, I think, is an interesting one. Because like, I don't know. Like, what do you guys think about character arcs in this movie? Like, are there character arcs? Which characters have them? Which ones don't? It seemed like the only two that had one were Joel and Clementine and the others were just kind of like giving a little bit of their, what they're doing right now and I mean, I think I think Mary also had oh true had an arc, but it's interesting. Hers was this... like the 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 character that was moving in the clearest like direction. Like she she's the one that had like a hard change. Yeah, and I think with with Joel and Clementine, 
like circular. It's that's exactly yeah. what I was gonna say. It's not so much an arc as a circle, mm-hmm. which I really I gave it a perfect ten because I really like that. I think it's really <laughs> interesting. Yeah, just that like. I don't know, it doesn't really matter what they've been through. It matters who they are, and they're going to find each other and have this relationship, whether it's a good idea or not, or whether it's going to end badly or not, and they're willing to keep trying. I'm like, that's, like, somehow both pessimistic and beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. I liked it. That's an interesting way to start a relationship of, like, just having heard the worst parts <laughs> right? of the other person. Yeah. From your own voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the worst parts about yourself from them and being like, oh, this is what they're going to really think of me. But, oh, well, let's give it a try. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Part of what's interesting, too, is that, like, they learned, I mean, or at least they should have learned some pretty valuable lessons from the first time, you know, their first go arounds. And then by erasing their memories, those lessons are just completely lost. And so it's like, I don't know, I guess part of that's what, part of what frustrates me about their choices that I don't understand is like why they just wanted to erase their memories in the first place. Like, I just want to forget them. Like, why would they even want to? I just, I didn't really know like why. I can see certain situations where that would motivate you, but for this particular breakup, I didn't really see why they would really want to go to the extent of just wanting to forget that the whole thing had ever happened. Had they really been hurt that badly? They're just that petty. Yeah, that's an unlikable thing about them both. And it really started with Clementine. It was her whole, like, impulsiveness thing. She's like, I'm just going to do this. And it's like, okay. And then he just sort of followed suit because it's like, finally, you're doing this and I'm going to do it too. Which just, that definitely seemed petty. (laughs) Yeah. And then hers was just... I don't know, impulsive to the extreme. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. Like, I would understand the why to erase your memories thing more, like, maybe if there had been infidelity or, like, some sort of heartbreak where it just, like, crushed them. And they're like, I can't deal with the fact that this person, like, hurt me that badly. But, like, all they did was realize that they weren't really each other's type (laughs) like I I don't know like I would think that that would be something you'd want to be like okay live and learn and they're like I'm just gonna forget the whole thing I think a lot of people have that I mean it's the same kind of mindset of like oh I just want to take a pill to get skinny or I just want to but it's just a quick fix for the fact that they're sad right exactly like I'm I'm unhappy and I want to be happy this will fix it and I don't have to do anything. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's human nature. I think that's very, I don't know, especially in that moment of like, oh, I don't want to feel this anymore. Yeah. Here we go. Like, but I think most people would regret it. So the fact that, I don't know. I but, would think, yeah. yeah. Which is why the character of Mary, I think that's why she's like, I'm going to give all these files back because why would anybody want to do this? This was not something we should have been doing this whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Except she was a character that was repeating that love interest storyline and was like, oh no, this did not work out at all. Exactly. Yeah. Let's not do that again. Yeah. <laughs> I feel stupid for trying to, like, for that even being a thing. Oh no. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess, like, not feeling stupid for falling in love for, or like, being with the boss, but like, 
trying to do that again without that information. Exactly. The same thing. Especially in her situation because everybody knew that this had happened and that she didn't remember it. Like, yeah, you'd feel like an idiot. Like, everybody knew this about me and I just, like, forgot. Yeah. I mean... And I guess that was her own indiscretion at, like, going through with that in the first place to some extent, but... Well, it sounded like from the tape we heard, like, she didn't even really want to do it. It was the the boss that pressured her into it. He pushed it, for sure, yeah. Yeah. And she just really wanted to, like, do what he thought was right, she really wanted to impress him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there was definitely some vulnerability in her character there. Yeah. Yeah. I felt bad for her. <laughs> I did too. I didn't really remember her character taking having a big part in that movie. And I was like, wow, she really has a lot to do with the story. Yeah. Well, who was HR during all of this? Yeah. yeah. Right. Sure. <laughs> I think someone had something to say about this. <laughs> there must be a policy. <laughs> At the very least, you think they'd be like, all right, we'll erase your memory, but, like, you can't work here anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We don't really have anything else that, like, stands out in these scores. Yeah, I think that about covers everything. I did just lower... I lowered character development to a 7.5, which is now my lowest score, um, just because of all the stuff we've talked about with... Clementine and Joel I'm like yeah I guess they could have used I mean I like that they were a little more vague and that like really all that mattered was the relationship but I get what you're saying that like yeah if we knew more it would help us understand the relationship help us so. understand why yeah. yeah yeah so I lowered that a little bit but still very high scores all around for me I think some of the vagueness in their characters might be like so that the viewer can kind of identify with them more so that like it like without having too many specific details it's just like oh a relationship that didn't work out like everybody has that and then they kind of fill in the blanks with their own experiences when you get too many details it's like oh it's their story but I think this movie is really meant to make you like reflect on your own experiences so that might be kind of why they left it a little more vague yeah, that but makes it sense. make it kind of frustrating to try to understand the characters. I don't know, there's a give and take there. Yeah. Maybe if they had been more specific, audiences would have been more likely to choose sides. Well, that's true, too. Yeah. Where, like, if it's vague, then you're kind of like, well, maybe yeah. we can get back together. Yeah. Maybe it's okay. Yeah. Although, I find myself taking Joel's side anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I kind of do, too. <laughs> I don't know. They really pushed the impulsiveness thing, like, far to where I'm like, I don't know. I've talked a lot about not understanding Joel, but I think it's equally not understanding her was frustrating because I'm like, why? she just does things, like, willy-nilly. And you're like, this girl, like, is clearly not somebody who should be in a relationship with anybody until she can, like, sort some stuff out because right. she's, like, not stable. So, I don't know. And, it, and that, too, like, maybe you would be more compassionate towards her if you understood, like, why she was acting that way. But it's presented like, ah, that's just the way she is. And, like, I found that more frustrating than the fact that she was acting that way. It was, like, yeah. the reasoning was, like, that's just the way she is. Yeah. I think that's like, literally well, a line in the movie. Okay. Yeah. Like, that's just Clementine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, was there anything either of you want to add for writing characters, or should we wrap it up with our scores? I think we can wrap it up. I think so, yeah. 
All right. So what was everybody's final scores? Mine was a 7.6. Mine got a 7.2. Oh, very close. Wow. And I'm, again, way, way high. Way high. 9.1 for wow. me. Wow. <laughs> I like this movie a lot. That's okay. <laughs> All it's right. so subjective. Everything we discussed was like, well, you could look at it this way, and then you could yeah. look at it this way. So it's like, eh, who's to say? Yeah. <laughs> it's just so pretty. I just don't care that much. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. So then that's going to bring us to acting and casting. Um, I guess I guess same question as usual. Any outliers for either of you with this one or, or anything that you just want to talk about first? I didn't really have any outliers. This is a pretty high scoring section for me across the board, to be honest. I thought there was a lot of really good acting and casting choices. Fair enough. I love the cast. I mean, like, every single person I think is pretty much perfectly cast. Yeah? Yeah, I gave casting a perfect 10. I did too. I gave I gave casting for main characters a perfect ten. I gave the secondary characters a nine point five, largely, and I think this is this is more of a, a personal bias coming through. I'm not a big Kirsten Dunst fan. She's good in certain things, and then in, when she, I don't like she's good in the more comedic roles to me. Really. Yeah, although I don't think of her as being particularly comedic. I guess I'm mostly thinking Bring It On. I like her in Bring It On. I like her in Bring like Suicide. You like her in like fluffy roles, like just kind of. I guess, like, but I mean that was movies. that was basically her role in this. It was just more serious consequences. I don't know. I really I liked know. her in this movie. I liked the character quite a bit. I loved the writing. There's just something. I don't know, there's something about, I think I have a similar issue with my Nona Ryder, where I'm like, it took me a long time to be like, it's not that she's a bad actor, I, there's just something about her I dislike, and I think I have that same thing with Kirsten Dunst, where I'm like, she's she's a fine actor, there's just something that I find slightly grating about her. But I feel like that kind of works for this character, though. Absolutely. Yeah, because she's all about, like being kind of an overachiever and then actually being flawed, a bit insecure. Like, I feel like kind of those qualities really work for the role. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I, I don't have any rebuttals. <laughs> <laughs> I did give um, extras and tertiary a lower score than the rest, but that was only because, like, I couldn't really think of any standout examples, and I'm like, eh, they were there. Like, I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. not really anything good or bad about that. But all the, like, real characters, I gave tens for casting fair enough what did you think more on like the acting angle of things like mainly in the main characters the acting with the main characters i thought was really good i i mean i love kate winslet in general i she can do no wrong practically (laughs) as far as her performances go and and i like jim carrey as a serious actor and i thought this is yeah (laughs) so yeah in that regard i thought Everything was spot on. And for, for all of those faults that we were talking about with the writing, where it's like, do we really understand these characters? Do we even like them? Like, what's going on? It's like, but the performances are so good. You still... It I lands think, way more on the writing side of things than acting. Yeah, yeah. like, just the, the performances are so strong that it's like, okay, I get what's going on, even if I don't understand it. Like, there's, I don't know, something going on there. Yeah, like, both of their characters are very annoying. 
that they embody them so well. <laughs> they do. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you like look at, I don't know, like The Mask or Truman Show, where Jim Carrey is just very energetic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It looks it's He's so different. Really, he really had to hold back in this <laughs> role, and it was mm-hmm. really well done. Yeah. He only even had a couple little glimmers of comedy, and it was just the slightest little line. Like when he was. Um, when they were making the movie talk at the drive-in, and he's like, yeah. oh my gosh, there's people coming out of your butt. Like, I laughed so hard at that. And I it was forgot like, about it was, that. He was just funny enough, you know, that you're like, yeah. oh, that's funny. But you're not like, it's not like the sort of comedy you'd normally associate with Jim Carrey, right? Like, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. so I thought it was really good. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I really don't have much else to say, but I feel like we should talk a little bit more. Yeah. Um, well, how did we feel about, like, Elijah Wood and Mark Ruffalo, I guess would be the two main ones that we haven't really talked about yet? I, I thought they were good. It's a lot of hesitation. I'm trying to, <laughs> well, I'm trying to think about writing versus acting. Yeah. I think that maybe this is another case of, like, uh, writing problems that maybe we just didn't get to when we're talking about writing. That's fair. I don't know. What did you guys think? There wasn't much to their characters, and I don't know if that was a writing thing or an acting thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because they both obviously can do very big roles. Yeah. Yeah. But it was just, I don't know if it's, they were just trying to have, like, act smaller and more, maybe more timid. It was like, Ruffalo seems to be very contains yeah 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 he's definitely like the techie with the glasses and sometimes drinks on the job yeah yeah <laughs> Which i liked him in that role honestly <laughs> he seemed like a i'm like he seems like a cool guy like yeah <laughs> i mean elijah wood's character was really just there to be a douchebag and so <laughs> he served that purpose and it's like yeah. you know he's not really there for you to like figure him out he's just like oh what well, a he's, gross the, guy the facial hair was very distracting yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i mean i think his main role like it wasn't i think it was also to show like oh here's this guy he's gonna do everything that joel did in theory but it's not the should, same because he's because he's not the joel. same person yeah. yeah so it's to show that like cyclical nature isn't just about what's sad or where they go or what they do it's who they are chemistry yeah yeah so i thought that was nice i felt like they could have toned down the creepiness a little bit it was really over the top yeah and i didn't feel like anyone was addressing the fact that like oh this is it was a little bit of like oh how far we've come because it's like you're like you realize that this was only 15 years ago but you still look at it and you're like, oh, it was a different time. Yeah. Like, I'm, just, I'm just glad that we realize these things are not acceptable today. Yeah. <laughs> Even if we did think that that was not that big of a deal 15 years ago, unfortunately. Right. So, yeah, he was definitely, like, over-the-top creepy. Yeah. In a way that the movie seemed to think was, like, eh, he's just a little weird. Right. <laughs> We're like, um, he should maybe go to jail. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Mark Ruffalo's character didn't really get a whole lot to do. And I was a little yeah. bit confused as to his relationship with Mary because he knew all this stuff and like he knew she was into the boss. And it's like, well, like, how does he 
feel about that? Like, he seems yeah. really nonchalant about it. He's like, yeah, I knew you guys were probably together. And, like, I knew you were in it this whole time. And it's like, how were you guys just kind of, like, having a little fling? Was this, like, a real long-term relationship? It wasn't really clear how, like, close they were to each other. Yeah. And, like, how he felt about that whole thing. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. All those are all good questions. Yeah. I did think it was weird that, like, he seemed really into her, but then, like, he's out by the car, and she's, like, making out with the guy, and he can, like, and see through like, the window, and he's, he's just, just, like... He literally, like, shrugs. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I kind of felt like he should be maybe a little bummed out. Right. <laughs> it was a little... Yeah. Maybe he knew that it was bound to happen again. And just, maybe. Like, he was well, just, like, expecting it. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> all right well on that note is there, <laughs> is there anything else to add for acting and casting or should we move on to cinematography lighting or get our total scores first and then move on yeah i mean i'm good yeah, yeah. sorry about <laughs> uh, all right then what was everybody's total scores for acting and casting mine was an 8.8 i'm a little behind you with an 8.2 yeah and i'm just Way above again, 9.5 for me. Wow. Even with not liking Kirsten Dunst. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so then that's going to bring us to cinematography lighting. And I'll say right off the bat, I gave very high scores throughout. And and I'm not sure I can even, like, quantify why. I'm just like, it just looked so good. So I guess on that note, does anybody else have... Uh, either an outlier or uh, just something to to get the conversation going. Well, I don't have outliers because everything was a perfect ten for me in this. Category. Okay, me too. I'm feeling better. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, there's a couple things I'll mention as like discussion starters. Um, one is like this is another example of a movie. Um, we've brought this up with a couple other movies on this podcast. Some with me on it and some not, but. Um, there have been several examples of films that are directed by people who, like, got their start in, like, well-known and artsy music videos. Yes. And that translates really well to all the visuals, because they're used to just making stuff look really cool, really Mm -hmm. interesting, really articulating the tone that they're going for, and not having to worry about any writing or sound it's just visuals and so i mean the visuals in this movie in several categories including lighting are exceptional um and then also like from from a storytelling perspective i think it did a really good job of using lighting to convey the moods of different memories. You have, Absolutely. like, really colorful childhood memories. I mean, yes, it was supposed to be, like, in the 60s, so some of it was, like, 60s colors, but it was still, like, in this, like, really, like, vibrant lighting that, like, made you think of childhood. Yeah. And then, like, you know, you had, like, the dark, gritty memories and, like, the really romantic lighting on, like, the memories that are looked back on, like, oh, that was such a good time. Like, it was just, like, really well done for, like... Like, checking the boxes for all the different types of memories that a person would have. Yeah. Yeah. Solid points. Yes, that's my two <laughs> I really enjoyed how it, when they were doing very realistic lighting, it looked 
perfect. Mm-hmm. It yeah. didn't seem too bright or too dark. It just felt like, oh yeah, this is how it would look if you're sitting across from these people or like in the car with them, like that's how it would feel. And then you go from that to like when they're on the um, frozen lake and Clementine like is like, like floats away or is pulled away. Yeah. And just that like very, very dark surrounding and just mm-hmm. the spotlight. It's like a horror movie. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. Like, that was very beautiful too. And it's just like they can he was very talented. And just like, yeah, mm-hmm. this works in all the ways they use lighting. And yeah, there absolutely. There wasn't, like, a style that you kind of, like, stumbled in. <laughs> yeah. Which is like, okay, okay, you can do this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wish I had more to add. I, <laughs> I agree with everything. I, yeah, perfect tens down the line for me. It was absolutely beautiful. Captured the mood, especially. Uh well, yeah, I'm really off my game. Uh, it was really good, though. <laughs> Would you say I it was liked nice? it? Yes, yes, it was very nice. <laughs> well, on that note, since I'm apparently unable to come up with anything else to add, um, should we give our total scores, or uh, is there anything else we should talk about? That was pretty quick for a perfect ten category. Sometimes the perfect tens are like the easiest to talk about. You're like, yeah. this was excellent. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely a perfect ten category for me. It's an easy calculation. Alright. Me perfect too. Perfect ten. Yeah. Alright, wow. Wowie. Unanimous. <laughs> Alright, so then that's gonna bring us to cinematography camera work. Uh, which I'll say right off the bat, same same thing for me. Mm-hmm. Perfect tens down the line. Um, I definitely have a little bit more to talk about. I'm glad because I have this. less to talk about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I guess before I go on on a random rant, is there anything um, that you want to get us started on? Or, or... Oh my. Um, nothing's jumping out. Fair enough. Okay, I'll hog the conversation. <laughs> I had so little to say in the last one. Uh, so one of the things that really stands out for me with this movie, and this definitely gets into the editing quite a bit as well, so I'll try not to uh, cross the categories too much, but the the way the camera itself works to tell the story as far as, like, special effects and, like, you know, in-camera effects and, you know, and like you said, that scene with the where she floats across the lake and uh, just really gorgeous things that, you know, of course there's more to it than the camera work, but just the the way the camera moves feels very dreamlike when it needs to feel dreamlike. It feels shaky at times when it needs to feel, you know, that frenetic energy. Uh, so the camera movement plays a role in it, and the, the compositions are just gorgeous throughout. Um, probably, Jesse, like you were saying, largely because of the music video influence. It's just the the visuals are, are phenomenal. Um, and, and yeah, just the way the, the camera itself plays a part in the storytelling because the camera is essentially Joel's brain for half the movie. And so we see, like, what would these memories look like, not just as they exist in his head, but as they're being erased and how's he get, like, I'm just rambling now, but it's, I don't know, the camera work was just phenomenal and really played a part in storytelling in a way that is hard to find in movies. And I think that's the biggest reason for me when I first saw it when I was 15, watching it and being like, this is different than anything I've ever seen before. I think a big part of that is the way the camera plays into the storytelling. Yeah, and I feel like there's all of those elements in the scene where it's like four-year-old Joel and Clementine's yes. the babysitter and they play with the high angles, low angles, tight shots, mm-hmm. wide shots. Absolutely. And all of that was done 
in camera. Like, there was no special effects to make him look like he's four. Like, it was just... They built sets to play with perspective and did everything in camera. And, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's my spiel. Yeah, that scene always, like, mesmerizes me. Just, like... Because I, I think... I don't know, we watched those, like, special features together. I think so, yeah. And it's just like, oh, yeah, this is just... This isn't, like, on the green screen, necessarily. It's just... <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't have as much to say about camera work. Like, I noticed that the camera was moving, and I, like... I noticed that it seemed to be moving in different ways to, like, convey different feelings in different scenes. But I don't have as much to say about it to where I'm like, this is what they were doing. I understand what they were doing. It goes over my head a little bit more. But I gave, I still gave it all, like, perfect tens because I kind of, like, I noticed that they were doing something. I felt like it was effective. And I kind of lump it into the visuals where I'm like, the visuals in this movie are perfect. So Yeah. So that was just my reasoning, I guess. Fair enough. All right. Well, should we give our, our final scores then? Should be another easy one, it sounds like. Yeah, is it perfect tens for everybody? Yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, that was easy. (laughs) Uh, So that's going to bring us to editing and special effects. I I guess I'll say off the top, another perfect ten category for me. Same. Yeah. Um, Is there anything anybody wants to to say to to get us started? Or Jess, if you have some things that aren't a perfect ten, maybe that would be a good place to start. I don't know. I I didn't have perfect tens in this category, but it was pretty much all nines. So okay. I don't I don't have anything negative to say about it. I was just like I don't I honestly don't know why I rated it the way that I did. <laughs> I just I don't know. That was just my impulse, I guess. Um, but like I thought the pace of this movie was extremely good. The editing was really, really interesting, the way that they jump from memory to memory, mm-hmm. the way the stream of consciousness works. Yes, I love um, it. Yeah, I don't have anything uh, fancy to say. It's very good. <laughs> yeah, there was one transition in the very beginning when it goes from Joel sitting in his car after Elijah Wood approaches him, and it fades mm-hmm. to black. And it just felt, like, weird. But that was the only transition or like moment like that where it was just it didn't seem to fit in with the world and the style of the movie. Yeah. But it was a brief moment and I was just like, oh that was weird. But Yeah. That that was just the, the only one I noticed where it didn't seem to fit. Yeah. How many more you words can I use to describe <laughs> that? <laughs> um and then with like pace, like at the very end it seemed like Oh, it feels, it feels like the movie should be over, but it kept going. And it just threw me. So I was like, wait, what happens? What has to happen next? What else has to be resolved? And mm. it wasn't in a bad way. It was just... Yeah. Because those were the two things where I kind of came out of the world a little bit. Okay. Would you still give perfect tens down I the line? I did. Fair enough. I noticed these things, but I, I did not find them like off-putting or necessarily... bad enough to not get down from that score. Fair enough. I don't really know what all I have to to add to any of that. I think we've pretty much covered it between the the special effects and the stream of consciousness and all of that. Um, I feel like we've we've pretty much covered it. 
uh, as far as my reasons for giving everything perfect tens. Um, I thought it was a really well pieced together story, and especially with so much, you know, between the in-camera special effects and between the like dreamlike feel that so much of the movie has, and the fact that it's not a linear story and we're jumping back and forth. Like I, there's definitely plenty of room where the story could have gotten messed up in post. And, and I thought that the editing was really smooth and really held everything together. That's why I gave it perfect ends. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, is there, is there anything anyone wants to add before we move along? Mm-hmm. I'm good. All right. Uh, so, so Emma and I, let's see, we, we both gave it perfect tens. Sure did. All right. Mine was and... still close to that. It was a 9.4. All right. Uh, so then that's going to bring us to sounds. I wish I had left notes for myself. I don't remember why I gave some of these. Sound was the confusing one that I, I'm like, I don't really know what to put about this. Yeah. I don't really remember any sound stuff like standing out to me that much. Yeah. I don't know. What are some things that you remember about the sound, both of you guys? Uh, I mean, the main thing that that stood out to me was within the, the score and soundtrack. And mostly I loved it. But there were a few moments with the score where it, I don't know if it was trying too much to be like a romantic comedy or I don't know, it was just like a, a tonal issue for me. I think the biggest one that stands out is the first time we see Joel and Clementine meet on the train and there's like this really over the top like romantic comedy music playing during that whole conversation. Like the piano music? Or something else. I, I want to say it was something else. Okay. I don't remember how it went or anything. It just seemed really like upbeat. Maybe it was piano, but it wasn't like I don't know. It was I don't know. I really liked the score of this movie, but I can also see how it might be a little like twee. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. See, I love Twee. I don't. Think I that do was too. Much. I would gave the score a ten. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That was the main thing. I gave everything else perfect tens because, like, I don't remember anything standing out as being bad. And I feel like the like the fully work within the dream sequences. I feel like there were some interesting sounds that really added to the story and to the tone. Mm-hmm. Like, what are some examples? Because I'm just having a hard time remembering that kind of thing. I mean. There was like when the people disappeared in the train station. Yeah, then, like, there was that. There was sound effect to go along with the disappearing people. That's yeah, okay. yeah. And the cars falling when like the world's falling apart. Um, I think there's a sound effect when she gets like pulled across the frozen lake. I want to say there's a sound effect, or maybe it was just music in that scene when the house is falling apart at the end. I guess they did have to do some kind of like creepy fantasy sort of sounds like sounds for things that don't actually exist and it's like yeah what would this sound like exactly yeah are you both deep in thought over there or are you ready to i move was on? changing a couple things <laughs> on my score, but i'm good i'm ready to move on okay there so there's nothing else nothing else to add i really enjoyed their use of his use of score and soundtrack for it mm-hmm. especially yeah especially all the frantic music yeah like that it was it put me on edge, but in a really useful way. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Very suspenseful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you don't really know the characters, and so you need that to be amped up a little bit to help create that suspense. So you're not just like, oh, they're 
not really any stakes. It was for me, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. They break up for realsies. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Fair they, enough. They, that's true because, like, their their drama, like, when you really break it down for what it is, you're like, okay, like, these people seem kind of amateur and dramatic. <laughs> but when you're watching the movie, the way the movie is presented makes you understand how dramatic this actually feels to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's a... A really good use of sound and visuals yeah they're just like yeah. they're expressing the way the characters feel so you're like like maybe maybe this feeling is a little strong for what's actually happening but this is a big feeling for them and like i get that yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah good point thank you <laughs> <laughs> all right well should we give our final scores then sure all right. Uh, final scores for sound. I've got a ten. All right. Mine is an even nine. All right. I am uh, right between you two. Nine point nine for me. Wait, I don't think this calculated right because I gave it four nines and a ten. So how can the average be a nine? Oh, it hadn't updated yet. It's a nine point two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's still a 9.9. All right, so then that's going to bring us to aesthetics, uh, which I think is going to be a fun one to talk about for this movie. Although I I say that with every movie. I think I just like this category a lot. Um, It's the fun stuff to look at, so... It is. (laughs) Um, So I guess guess same question as usual. Any outliers for either of you or or something you want to talk about first? I gave everything an 8, except sets and locations, which got a 10. That's fair. Because it seemed like everything else seemed very real, very normal, very what you would expect to find there. Yeah. And then with sets and locations, like that's where it gets super whimsical and bizarre and fun. And I actually gave everything in this category a 10. I almost did as well. I just kind of, I mean, I think it's another category that kind of gets lumped into visuals for me, where I'm like, all oh, the visuals are good, so I think that aesthetics is part of that. Um, I thought the props in particular stood out to me. I thought, like, all the lacuna stuff yeah. like, had it kind of a, like, you mentioned the word whimsical. I, I, there was definitely, like, some whimsy there, and then yeah. it kind of goes back to, like, the magical realism thing. So it wasn't, like, the standard, like sci-fi stuff that you would see there was something about it that seemed a little bit like retro and a little bit like almost like something you'd see in a Wes Anderson movie you know there was some whimsy there yeah I liked that yeah I also liked with the props things like uh like when Joel first undergoes the like memory mapping and he's laying out all the items like we see tons of stuff and never get any story behind it which yeah. i really like and i and some of them were funny too like yeah. they were just like so random yeah and it's like like i get that's just sort of how life is like you have memories right. attached to objects and it's like here's this random thing and we're like what the heck is yeah those were good props too yeah and i thought like for hair and makeup and even like costumes 
I guess the only costume that really stands out is like the 60s dress. But sure. generally speaking, it's just like their normal clothes. But I felt like there was just enough of it where you kind of like got a sense for their characters. Even his character was, which was just kind of like Mr. Normal Guy. Like, yeah, I don't know. It, it conveyed as much as it as it needed to without going like super duper over the top. She was almost over the top, but I felt like I I bought it. Like she seemed yeah. real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fair. The only ones that I didn't give a perfect 10 to, hair I gave a 9.5, and makeup I gave a 9.5, which was more so like a gut thing of like, I don't know if I can quite go perfect 10, uh, but costumes, I really, I mean, you have like the the orange sweatshirt, it's just like, like, oh, this is just a part of her character, she always wears this orange sweatshirt, like, I thought that was a nice detail, and like, I don't know, the way he dresses is very different than the way she dresses, but they mm-hmm. both feel grounded and normal. Um, so I liked the costumes quite a bit. Um, and then sets, locations, and props we've covered pretty well. That's easy tens for me. I almost gave Hera a perfect ten, largely because her hair played such a role in everything. Yeah. But, I don't know, that didn't seem like enough. It seemed more of writing than aesthetics. and Yeah. All right, well, is there, is there anything anybody wants to add for this category? Or should we give our finals? I think we can give our finals. Mine is a 10. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine was 9.8. I originally had an 8.4, but bumped props up for an 8 to 10 after hearing your thoughts on it. Because okay. that was an oversight. So it's now an 8.8. All right. So then that's going to bring us to impact on film. So it gets divided up into critical impact, audience cult impact, and historical inspirational impacts. Uh, usually I take the lead on this one, but I always ask first in case anyone else wants to go first. Uh, does anyone else want to take the lead? I'm sure yours is much better research than mine. I, I This one like <laughs> actually is one of the categories that involves some research, and I always just go with my gut feeling. So, let's hear yours first. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with gut feeling. I feel better about using gut feeling on mine, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, for critical impact, I just went to Metacritic which I believe was an 89, so I just divided by 10 and rounded up to a 9. And uh, audience cult impact, I did a similar thing. I looked at the uh, IMDb score, I looked at the Rotten Tomatoes audience score, I looked at the Metacritic audience score, and I looked at the cinema score, and all of them were pretty much between an 8 and a 9. Um, so I just went ahead and went up to a 9. Um, probably could have done an 8.5, but I figure it does have a pretty big cult impact as well. So the people who love it really love it. And it seems to have a really big impact on people's lives. So I felt okay rounding up to the higher end of that scale for that one. Um, and then historical and inspirational impact, I also gave a nine, um, which was largely... Um, why, why, why was that? <laughs> um, I don't quite remember. I mean, I do think just by its nature, it's the kind of movie that a lot of people can relate to and get inspired from on a more personal level. Um, it was one of Jim Carrey's more, certainly his most serious role probably to date, or maybe Man in the Moon. I forget when that came out and I haven't seen it, but I think that's more on the serious side too. Um, but it certainly affected his career. 
Yeah, I don't know. I guess I don't really have too much. I guess this one was my gut one where I'm like, this seems right. Oh, I remember the other big thing that contributed to this is that it gets mentioned in film textbooks pretty frequently. So I, I wasn't sure if I should lump that into critical impact or historical inspirational impact, but I kind of just lumped it into historical inspirational impact because it does seem to have inspired filmmakers specifically to the point that it gets referenced a lot. So that's my spiel. <laughs> of course, those three averaged out to a nine because everything got a nine for me. That is more detail than I can give. Yeah. <laughs> for real. <laughs> well, that's why I try to let other people go first if they want. <laughs> Well, mine isn't based on any actual scores, or anything, but, <laughs> but I get I give this category perfect tens, um, based on so for critical impact. I know you can't go back and be like every single critic that saw this movie loved it, but I feel like it's one that over time people go back to and reference and are like, this is a good movie from this time period. This is an interesting style that you should see. Um, I think it's thought of highly for movies from this time period absolutely um, you know it continues to be on the best of lists um i don't think there are a lot of critics that would be if they rated it poorly at the time it came out they probably don't stand by that now i would venture to guess they've probably warmed up to it a little bit um audience cult impact um Kind of the same thing. I'm sure not every single person that saw this movie loved it, but there's certain people that are just not gonna go for a movie like this, and I sort of feel like for a movie like this, they don't count. <laughs> like if you're not gonna Tell like it this like kind it of, is, if you're not gonna like this kind of a movie, just don't even see it. It's not for you. So I don't count that. I think it's a ten because it has a cult following, and I know so many people who love this movie, so many people who defined their taste by this movie like I did, you know, in the early, mid-2000s. So, yeah. Um, so I gave that a 10. And historical and inspirational impact, I do think that this has had a lot of impact on film, not in a lot of films. There aren't a lot of movies trying to emulate it but there are movies that try to emulate it there it has had a lot of influence on like kind of that cerebral um style of writing that is kind of ambitious and hard to do so i think not that many people try it but there's definitely people who do and when they are like this is definitely a movie that has influenced them so you know, there's a, a couple movies every year or two that come out where it's like definitely doing something with the same kind of style. So I think it I think it gets points for influence. So I gave it a ten for that too. Fair enough. My gut feeling <laughs> was not as generous. <laughs> <laughs> it averaged out to a six point six. Okay. Which is still exceeds expectations, but yeah. I didn't. I don't know many people that have seen this movie. The ones I have, they do like it, but yeah. So that kind of <laughs> dragged it down a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. That's fine. Like, <laughs> embarrassed, like I'm gonna lash out at you or something. <laughs> Not a high enough score. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, on that note, should we... I'll <laughs> <see> myself out. 
<laughs> Should we move on to overall enjoyment? I gave it a 10. <laughs> All right. I did too. As did I. <laughs> it's a fun movie to watch. It's a really good movie, and I think it's the kind of movie, like, I mean, certainly after the first time I saw it, it was, it was, it would have still been a 10. Like, I've always enjoyed this movie, but definitely something, in fact, maybe I'll give it extra credit for this. We'll see when we get to that next. Um, But it's definitely the kind of movie that, like, you know, you'll watch it once and take something away from it, and then you'll watch it again a couple years later and take something different away from it, or reinterpret it, or, you know, see things differently. Like, it's definitely, we talked about this a little bit at the top, about, like, why would anybody, like, erase their memory? That just seems, like, not the right way to go about things. And I feel like when I first saw this movie, it was like, that's crazy. Why would anybody do that for any reason? And then the older I get, it's like, yeah, I could see certain situations where that would be beneficial. And then now it's kind of like, well, I feel like that's kind of missing the point of the movie. Like, that's the point isn't, would you do this or wouldn't you? It's like, it doesn't really matter. What you are would who happen you are. if you did? That's what they want to explore. Yeah. Right. So it's like, okay, they did it. Let's see what happens now. Right. I think it's really interesting that you brought up, like, how, the, how what this movie, like, means to you and how you respond to it changes over time. Because I definitely loved this movie when it came out. And I think... At that time, I was like, oh, this is weird, and this is quirky, and that was really what drew me to it. And watching it now, it made me feel a lot more, like, reflective on my own life, and I was really, like, it made me feel really introspective, and I just don't think I had the life experience to respond to it that way 15 years ago. Yeah. So, yeah, it was kind of cool to see the way it aged in that way. Yeah. That makes sense to me. I and I really <laughs> like the way it kind of urges the, the viewer to kind of examine themselves and be like, do you, do you think this is a good idea? Do you think this is a bad idea? Like, yeah. do you think this would work out? It really kind of like begs these questions and makes you like, it kind of makes you take a stance, you know? Yeah. So I kind of like really kind of involved you in a, in a way that's not... It, it's different than just telling a story. It's like, hey, let's talk about this, you know? Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah, I had very similar experiences where every time I've seen this movie, my perspective on it kind of changes. Yeah. But always in an enjoyable way. It's never like, oh, this did not hold up. Right. It holds up, it just, the way I experience it shifts a little bit and changes a little bit. And yeah, absolutely. It's, really it's really fun just to experience it in, in that new way yeah throughout watching it i kept thinking like if this business existed today <laughs> with like yelp and, <laughs> yeah. and like twitter and like things like that where it can like promote itself but also people can you know share their experiences positive or negative with it on that larger scale yeah like what would that look like would it yeah. Because it would either be a business that fails very quickly or is a terrible company that excels in that field. And yeah. Just, it was a fun, I don't know, it was fun to like watch it thinking about that. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, is there anything, anything else anybody wants to add for overall enjoyment before we get into extra credit? No. All right. Let's get into extra credit. Uh, who gave extra credit? 
I gave it a point. Okay. Because it does hold up so well. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think I've ever had a viewing of this movie where I don't enjoy it. Absolutely. That's fair. How about you, Jess? Okay, I have several. I was just taking <laughs> some, some notes on it so I could remember what I gave it all the points for. <laughs> so, one, I'm going to repeat one that I said on our review in the past. That I said this one for The Truman Show, and I'll also say it for this one, and that's a comedic actor in a dramatic role. Fair. I really like seeing comedic actors take those risks and and show their skill in a different way. And I thought that that was really well done in this movie. Uh, one I gave for the pairing of Charlie Kaufman and Michelle Gondry. That's like a really awesome pairing of like two people who are really, really interesting and have really cool sets of work. So just them coming together is a bonus point for me. Fair. One for having such a cool trailer. <laughs> There's not very many movies where I remember the trailer almost as much as the movie itself but i remember loving that um that yellow song yeah from like it's such an old song and i and i had never heard it before when that when this movie came out and i was like so into that song and that trailer is just like really cool and it it really gets the vibe of the movie across just set to music it's basically a little music video of the movie which yeah. is cool um, and, and it was right around the time that we first were getting away from the trailers that were in a world where, yeah. so it was kind of, <laughs> even though we don't do that anymore at the time, it was a leap. So, yeah. um, so I gave it a point for the trailer and then one last extra credit point for me, it's for being able to be classified as a cerebral film. There's not very many movies that do that. And I, every movie when I like see that used to describe it I'm like oh this is gonna be good like this is really interesting and it involves the viewer and makes them reflect on their own lives like we've discussed and I just think that that's like really interesting to come from a movie so those were my four extra credit points four wow all yeah. right I only gave two points. I, <laughs> I did decide to give a point for the rewatchability and the way that the perceptions change with each viewing because I think that's really interesting and I don't think a lot of movies do that so I gave it a point for that and then I also gave it a point for what I was talking about in the the very beginning of this episode which is how you know this is the movie where I, you know, I watched it and I was like oh I didn't know movies could do that mm -hmm. and this was the first time I remember having that feeling and it wasn't long I mean this movie came out when I was 15 and by the time I was 16 I was like oh I want to study movies I want to learn about that. Like, this is something I want to pursue. And I, I think that this, I mean, it certainly wasn't the only factor and it wasn't, you know, it's not like right after I saw this, I was like, oh, I'm going to start studying this. But uh, it was definitely had an impact on me. Um, so I gave it a point for that. So two points of extra credit for me. All right. So <laughs> that said, uh, anything anybody wants to add for this movie before we give our total scores? Very curious to see what all the totals come to. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is my highest rated thing. I think it's, I don't remember what I gave Annihilation, but I'm pretty sure this is higher than that. And that oh, was the record. Whoa. Till now. Yeah. 
Um, so I, I guess I'll just. Portman's not in this, <laughs> right? <laughs> I know it surprised me too. Um, so my total came out to a ninety-nine even. Wow! Yeah, almost perfect. Wow! And I consider if it gets over a ninety-seven point five, I'm like, well, it's not technically perfect, but it's basically perfect. So I'm gonna go on record and say this movie is basically perfect to me. I have a feeling not for either of you. Well, pretty close though. My total yeah. came to a 97.4. Ah, just shy. Boosted largely by the extra credit, but in my mind, yeah. all the extra credit points were deserved. Those were good so, points. Yeah. yeah. All right. How about oh, you, Em? I got an 89.4. Okay. Very solid. Yeah. <laughs> Still a very good score. Yeah. All within the same within the same range. All very high scores. All right, so that is going to wrap up this nitty-gritty review of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and thank you, Jesse and M, for joining me. And uh, if you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode, and be sure to like, review, and share nitty-gritty reviews. This is the best way to support the show and will help us get more listeners, and we'll be sure to give you a shout-out in our next episode and read your reviews to celebrate you, and thank you for your support. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.